I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It's The Real Brian Show. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me here. It's hump day, Mad Flow Wednesday interview day. That's what we talk about. I have with me someone that I connected with over at Podcasters Paradise and someone who has really learned a lot in her life. Some very powerful lessons, things that will blow your mind. And I know from experience, by the way, that if you apply these things to your life, you can seriously change things up for you in a very, very positive way. Let's rock it. so excited as always uh well uh, well yeah i guess you could ask that question hey the yeah that's my first name the real is my second name or middle name brian's my last name you know what i mean so you know hey the uh is there ever a time when you're not excited on the show and the answer is not yet so hopefully hopefully i will never say yes because hey i gotta be excited to be on this show it's so much fun Thanks for joining me. I am The Real Brian, and like I said, excited to talk today with Mabel Rodriguez. We did meet over at uh, Podcasters Paradise, uh, the uh, Facebook group, by the way, just just chatting, seeing she was asking about doing a, you know, a co-hosted thing for a new project she was working on. So we connected over there and had a f- uh, Skype meeting, which was very cool, but it was neat because I got to hear a little bit about her story and why she does what she does. And I thought, well, this would be a great story to share on The Real Brian Show. So I want to make sure that you get to hear this. It's awesome. The Real Brian Show Facebook group. Hop on over facebook.com slash groups slash Real Brian Show. Of course, those links are on realbrianshow.com, which is probably the easiest way to do this. So Mabel Rodriguez, she is an author, speaker, purpose-driven coach who is passionate about helping women rise above their current circumstances and live fulfilled lives by becoming the person they were born to be. She believes that everybody was born on purpose and with purpose, with unique gifts, talents, all of that. She helps women to be real, to step into their power by allowing their authentic self to emerge and to their own worth. She lives by the mantra, be you, be real, and be bold. Now, even though she specifically wants to help women, I can tell you right now that if you're a man and you're listening right now, you're going to learn a lot from this. I've learned a lot from Abel already. I'm encouraged So it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. She is going to be sharing some incredible stuff. Mabel, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Ah, thank you. I'm excited. Well, I'm glad you're here because we connected. Let's see. How do we we connected through Podcasters Paradise, I think, right? We did. Yeah. And you were saying, hey, I'm looking for a co-host, trying to do something new. We got on Skype. We chatted, got to hear a little bit about your story. And I thought, this is cool. I want to share this. I love it. I love sharing stories, dude. I'm a natural storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was apparent when we were chatting and, and you've definitely, you know, had quite a journey in your life and I know you've, you've been through a lot and it's cool when, you know, when I get a chance to sit down and talk to somebody and say, or more just kind of hear what you've been through and, you know, kind of where you're at, your mindset, some of the, it, it's interesting with certain things that people will say and you're like, Ooh, this person's learned a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So tell me about your story a little bit and your journey and kind of where you're at today and obviously share whatever you're comfortable with. But uh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. 
Oh my gosh. So yes, I'm a storyteller and I think everybody has a story. Everybody has a story within them. And for me, my story really started when, geez, when I was like 30 years old. Mm. I've had like this crazy wild life. And right around the time when I was supposed to like get engaged and have the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence, <laughs> something just happened. And I was just like, yeah, no, right? Where's that yeah. 2.5 come from? Yeah. And all of a sudden I have this like engagement ring on my finger and I just don't want to wear it. And just like, it's, mm. this is not for me. And I was like, what is going on with me? And so I started to go out. I started to party. And then my fiance was like, what is your deal? Ever since I put that ring on your finger. And then, then I realized that this is not the road I was supposed to take. It was a very dysfunctional relationship. And it's like, okay, I know that I wanted so much more out of life. But there was also like, it wasn't just a relationship. It was also like a sense of boredom, a sense of like something's missing. I didn't know what was that missing. You know, I would come home, have like a couple apple martinis. I didn't like my job. I wasn't satisfied in my relationship. I mean, just talk about like some big thing had to shift. And so finally, we broke off the engagement and off I went being a single girl. And I thought that's, you know, it's funny. We always like, we want to run away from our relationships and we're excited to be single. But then when we're single, what we're really looking for is a relationship or someone (laughs) else. So I was like, wait, I'm glamming myself up, stilettos and everything, trying to look pretty with the fake lashes and the plastic surgery. I was like that typical LA chick Mm. that focused so much on her physical attributes because deep down inside, I thought that's all I had really to offer. I really was struggling with a lot of insecurities, a lot of self-esteem issues, a lot of low self-worth. And I think everybody has that. So the party just got out of control. It was pretty much an escape. I think when people start like partying and drinking and constantly are out trying to avoid what is really underneath it all, no matter what, when you sober up or when you wake up and when you come home, the party's over, you're there alone with the same feeling. It's never going to go away. You can't run. You can't hide. It's about facing it. And so, of course, for two years, I, I try to fight it. And then finally, after so many disastrous relationships, I I felt broken, I felt pretty broken and started to have some physical symptoms like bloating and stuff like that. And, you know, doctors, Western doctors are like, oh, you just have irritable bowel syndrome. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? Just dialogue and, dare, you know, take a, a diary of your eating habits. And I'm like, okay, well, it just got progressively worse and then progressively worse. And soon enough, I'm 30 pounds overweight. Never had a weight issue before. I can hardly walk. I'm lethargic. I'm losing my hair. My skin is orange. Wow. And I was like, holy crap. I remember the one moment. It was like the phone was ringing and it was on the counter. And I hear the phone ringing and I'm telling my brain to tell my arm, move the blanket off of you and go get the phone. But something happened. I couldn't move. Hmm. I was completely paralyzed. And I knew then that I was in deep crap. Like I knew I needed help and no Western doctors was able to, for two years I struggled with finding a diagnosis. I consider that the wake up call. For some of us, it always hits our core. So what was my core? My core was my attachment to my physical attributes, to my body, because that is where I got most of my self-worth. Yes, I noticed that I was able to gain attention from men from the way I looked and I relied on that. And that's all I ever thought I had to offer. 
And when that was taken away from me in those two years, I mean, I was bloated. I was constipated. I was a wreck. I had to look deep within. I was pinned against the wall. I really had to go deep inside and say, well, who am I? And the deeper questions started to come up. What am I here for? What is my purpose? It was always a feeling of powerlessness that I and worthlessness that I needed to overcome. So yes, did I have physical issues? Absolutely. But the moment I found this one acupuncturist who looked at me, he was like any other doctor. He didn't check, you know, the vitals and all those things or labs and take my blood. Instead, he looked at me and he said, what's your story? Hmm. What do you mean? What's my story? <laughs> yeah. I need help. And he's like, I want to know what your, how long, how long ago did this start? I said, two years ago. I want to know what was your life like before you got sick? And I was like, oh boy. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just give it, I'm going to lay it into this guy. Yeah. And of course there's a lot of judgment. You're judging yourself because you're feeling a lot of shame and guilt for the lifestyle that you had. There's a lot of, you know, judgment. And so I was like, if I want to get better, I really got to be real, a hundred percent real. So I laid it out and I told him everything. That guy was silent for like the longest time. I was like, holy crap, he's judging me. He's judging me. I said too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was vulnerable. I was vulnerable and I was transparent. So he looked at me and he says, you have a broken heart and a lost soul. I'm like, what? Come again? I'm like, yeah. I've never heard of such a diagnosis in my life. Come on. <laughs> well, thanks for your time. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, and so of course oh, I man. had a horrible attitude and I was angry. Yeah. And I'm Western medicine, you know, I was coming from a nursing background. So this whole woo-woo, broken heart, lost soul crap wasn't vibing with me at all. And I was just, I wasn't very nice. And I was like, just give me my meds. Like, what, what, what do you have for me to take? So it's so crazy, but our intuition speaks to us. It really, really does. And we never say, God, I regret listening to my intuition. What we always say is, I should have listened to my intuition. I knew it. I felt it. And it, it comes to us in many various ways, either, either a gut feeling, like you will feel a visceral actual feeling in your stomach, which is what I felt. Or in the morning, sometimes I wake up with this unknowingness. It's like, I just know it. It's true. Or you have epiphanies or you hear a voice in your head or whatever it is. Something told me, I don't know what this guy is saying, but trust them. And nine months later, I was walking again. It's like a holistic approach, you know, not like Western medicine where it works in like two seconds. Like you take a pill, you know, and yeah. you, you know, in 20 minutes you're feeling better. It's different. So we have to like train our minds and say, this is a natural holistic approach, it's going to take a little bit longer. And so it did. By month number nine, I was feeling better. And then he once came to me and he says, yes, I'm helping you, you know, heal your physical symptoms. But the, the bigger question is, what's the root? Why did this even happen to you? He goes, it's your thinking. It's your emotions. You have a lot of negativity. You have a lot of bad stories about yourself and your beliefs. So as embarrassing as that was, you know, and he's telling me that I had a lot of anger, he was telling me the truth. I mean, what can I say? He was right. And so that's when I started to do the work and I call it the work. You know, yes, he helped me with my body and that's the band-aid to it. But the root cause of it was emotional and it's my belief system. And so I started to like really read about like spirituality, self-development, I started to read like everything from Napoleon Hill to Gabby Bernstein to Louise Hay to 
all the, the, you know, people who work on the mind and the emotions and the beliefs. And I really realized that it all came from that. It all came from my beliefs as a childhood, growing up in a very dysfunctional childhood. I'm not here to blame mom and dad, but our house was a crazy wreck. It was very, very abusive and dysfunctional. There was not a lot of love. There was a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment. And, you know, we pick up what we were raised with. If we were raised with no love, then we will have no love for ourselves. And it's usually stemming because our parents feel the same way about themselves. It's patterns, their behavioral patterns that we pass on. So now that I was aware of all this, I was like, wow, I really have a lot of work to do. I had to change my perception about myself. I realized that getting plastic surgery, having the perfect hair, having the fake lashes, having a super fancy car and designer clothes, wearing stilettos and all this makeup and and trying to be at like the hottest Hollywood parties was not bringing fulfillment to me, was not empowering me, was not making me feel worthy. And I really had to look deep within myself and say, okay, well, who am I? And the focus, the perception, like I changed, I put a different set of glasses on and I started to really focus on just the positive attributes of who I was. And when I started to do that, I started to shift. I also realized that I was attached to those stories when I was a kid. Mm. All those stories that we tell ourselves about Uh, our failures, about not being good enough, about like when I had a relationship with a guy and, and, and it didn't end, I blamed myself. I always blamed myself. And of course, every time you do that, you beat yourself down. How could you possibly create a life that you truly love and desire when you're not feeling good enough? And when you don't feel good enough, you don't feel worthy enough. And if you don't feel worthy enough, then it's like your beliefs will create your emotions, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then those emotions create your actions. And your physical body, too. Exactly. It's all connected. It is. So, you know, Dr. Kim was like, yeah, I helped you with your body, but you got to do the work, girl. And I was like, I have to do the work. And let me tell you, it's a continuous process. And I always wanted to have a family. I always wanted to have a loving man in my life. But what I realized was that I had to be that first. Nice. You don't get what you want. You get what you are. Yeah. And I realized, you know, when I was engaged with that guy, I felt like it was all his fault, but it was really me. He was reflecting me. He was the reflection in the mirror. So all this time, I blame everybody else for the demise of my life. And then the moment that I took the self-development class, your words create your world. Your words create your world is what I stepped out with. And I realized, oh my gosh, it's me. It's my beliefs. So, you know, here I am dating this guy and deep down inside, I thought he didn't think that I was enough. And so, of course, my beliefs are so powerful that I created moments for him to prove that to me, to prove to my subconscious that, yeah, he doesn't think that you're enough. And it's just like, it, was, it, it wasn't until I switched all of that and I completely start to accept myself fully, even my past. Like I'm open about my past. I open about the party days. I'm open about the mistakes that I made. And there's no shame, no guilt attached to that. I own it. I take accountability for it. I'm responsible for it because I created that. And the moment that I knew that, well, if I created this demise in my life and all this crazy drama, oh, then I can totally change that around the same way by using my mind. 
So like the one thing that I tell myself now is that use your mind as a gift, not as a weapon. Mm. It's one of the most amazing, powerful things that we're given. And yet we don't utilize it to its full capacity or in its right capacity. It's incredible too, because, you know, I talked about two things that you said in there, which I think are, you know, pivotal to where you're at as well. But a couple of episodes I've done recently was, in fact, the idea of the law of attraction. And it's that thing about how you have to be what you're trying to attract first. You have to put that out there basically to others. You have to be the the mature person like you're talking about in a relationship. If you want to find that good man, for example, you know, then you have to be that person to him first so that, you know, you're attracting that sort of thing. And the other idea was the idea of bullies and, you know, how we, we get bullied, but I don't think anybody really looks deeply at how we bully ourselves, which is what you were just talking about. And it's so true. I did. Oh, self negative talk. I mean, that is, and what's amazing is you do like you talk about it, you believe it. And even you can even create something that isn't even remotely true and start for some reason, believing it. And all of a sudden it becomes true, even though it never happened. It becomes so real. It's insane. It's insane. Like a year ago, I remember I had this workshop and I, in all my heart, I did not want to do this workshop. I was not feeling good and I didn't put much effort into advertising and marketing it. And I think there was a fear underneath it all that, oh my God, people are not going to come. People are not going to come. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And that was my main emotional like vibe and my main thought and my main belief. And truly, you know, in the two weeks when you really have to hustle and try to put it all together and make it work and really, really believe that you have something valuable to offer, I wasn't believing it. And I was being like just half doing it. So I got to tell you, when the day came for the workshop, I had 20 people cancel. Mm. emails, texts, calls on Facebook. It was like unreal. I was like, oh my gosh. Mm. I think like one person showed up and it was the biggest lesson I've ever, it was a, it was a failure. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those moments where your, your ego's bruised and you're like, oh my gosh, like I don't think I'm meant for this. This is not my path, you know? <laughs> Or it's like, okay, so I have a decision right here, right? This is my moment of power. Do I look at it as let me throw in the towel, I'm done? Or do I take accountability responsibility for what I created? Nothing's an accident. Totally. And I decided, you know what, Mabel? Mm, This was you, girlfriend. You have to take accountability and responsibility for this. You weren't giving it your all. You weren't thinking the right things. And your emotions were definitely like plummeted. All those factors affected it. I mean, how can 20 people cancel like that? Yeah. That's how powerful it is. So yeah, most people, you know, when they're challenged in life, they're going to throw in the towel, but everything is a blessing in disguise. So for me, it empowered me and I said, okay, I learned my lesson. I'm going to use my mind as a gift, not as a weapon. And next time I'm going to tackle the crap out of this Mm. and I'm going to come up with new tactics and a new energy and I'm going to believe that everything is going to work out. And it's not just just sitting there and believing, you know, Brian, like some people are like, oh, yeah, the, the oh, sometimes yeah. this whole law of attraction drives me nuts. You know, yeah. people are like, oh, let me get my candles and my stones and let me just, <laughs> you know, I do. Yeah, when <laughs> I say that, I'm up. talking attitude and action, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, but no, I get this sometimes. And yeah. I'm like, you have to move. Like, I love to meditate because it clears my mind. 
and allows for the ideas to come. But I have to do something with the idea (laughs) to get out there and use it. So that's a big part of what I believe, too, is you got to take action, man. Every day, do something to bring you to that life that you want. Everything, you know. Totally. Every step matters. It's so funny because, like, it reminds me of something that I was a part of. Gosh, it's been a couple of years ago, but I was having a conversation. You know, it's amazing when you sit down and you listen to these things. You kind of go, oh, my gosh, I just I just realized something, you know. I was having a conversation with somebody and, you know, his business was stagnant. He couldn't grow his business. And he and I were just chatting. And I remember kind of asking, like, how do you respond to people when they contact you? You know, whether it's over email or over phone. He was kind of like, oh, well, here's an example of a response I just sent. And I was kind of like, well, I wouldn't book you either. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, how you're coming across is not what I would want to be a part of. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't know any better. But I started to think about this because I've had significant amounts of conversation. By the way, he changed it uh, and his business has exploded since. But But um, I have a question. What was wrong with the response? Like, what was the vibe? It sounded arrogant, disrespectful, and like he didn't really want to work with him, even though that wasn't his intention. Interesting. So I said, you know, change these certain things so that it's more of a, you know, like I believe in set boundaries and, and then respect people. So it's like, if somebody says, uh, in fact, you and I were just talking about this, you know, my, my day to day is back to back. And I said, I don't have the flexibility to change schedules as much, but I mean, I'd love to, like, I'd like to respect when people say, Hey, I got a conflict. Can we, can we reschedule? You know, my first answer is I would love to, if I can. So I, you know, I'm always about let's respect that person. You know, let's make sure that we can, you know, accommodate them, but also to set boundaries so they don't get walked over. But that was the thing he did and it worked really well. But then, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of all of these conversations that I've had recently with just a bunch of different people and they're struggling through things and they're, they're having a hard time with, you know, fill in the blank sort of things. But when I listen to them, I'm like, well, your attitude is so negative in every way. It's like depressed, discouraged, angry, bitter. I mean, you know, just list out whatever you want. And I thought I'm one of those people that I like to be there to support people, but not everybody's like that. And so I can only imagine that nobody wants to be around that sort of attitude. And they may or may not even know that they have that attitude right now because they're in such, like you said, circumstantially, things are tough. And so you don't know that yeah, I've been there. Shoot, I've done it. I mean, I've had bad situations and then all of a sudden my attitude Energy, goes to crap. Energy and attitude pretty much the same. Oh, and then every, ev- everybody walks away. Yeah, it trumps everything. <laughs> yeah. When the going yeah. gets tough, the people flee. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I, I'm serious. Yeah. And I, th- I think energy and attitude are the same thing pretty much. And yeah. that trumps all efforts. It well, really, really does. Think of an animal. You know, you've got a dog. We've got a dog too. And it's like, when I am not in a good place mentally, neither is my dog period because that, I mean, they don't communicate through words. They communicate through some type of sensing of our emotions or feelings or whatever it is. However, they sense it. That's what they pick up on. They don't pick up on whether I say I'm happy, even though I'm not, they pick up on what we really are. It's like, if you want to know why your dog's crazy, look in the mirror. I'm telling you, I love it. It's energy. I'm telling you, somebody will yeah. tell me something and I'm like, I'm not buying it. It's your energy. It's your attitude. Yeah. Like that trumps everything. So do you think if we um, get our energy and our attitudes right, that we can quote succeed in whatever area we're you know trying to succeed in? Anybody can. Anything and everything is possible. There is no limitation. And I know that for sure. You can have it all. 
you got to watch your energy and you got to watch your attitude. And when you're funked out and you know you are, you got to trace it back to what was I, what am I feeling? And then ask yourself, what was I thinking before that? Because your thinking is your belief. You have to backtrack. You have to tell yourself, okay, I'm totally in a funk. What's up? Why is my energy low? You know when you're vibing low. You know when your attitude sucks. If you're being real with yourself. And then you have to ask yourself, well, mm, interesting. Let me take accountability for that. What was I thinking? And you can always go back and figure it out. And you're like, okay, that's not a good thought. That's not a, a developing creative thought. That's not going to bring me what I want and what I desire. And it really goes back to what am I really believing? Yeah. It's fear. Yeah, It's all fear. You know, I have to say the message that I got at the end, and it was loud and clear, was that it, we either have fear or we either have love. And when we are in fear mode, that's when things don't work out for us. That's when we start to have the funky vibe, the funky energy, the bad attitude. And we just don't believe that anything is possible for us, that we can't create what we want. And then there's the love pretty much that says anything is possible. You can have it all. And so what I got was like, oh my God, my ego is so intense sometimes. Not that the ego is bad. The ego is just an overprotective parent telling, you know, trying to make sure that that we stay in our comfort zone because that comfort zone is going to protect us. It's like ego is like, you know what? Let's stay comfortable because that's where you are safe. That's where you don't have to experience humiliation. That's where you don't have to experience judgment and rejection and criticism. You're safe. But the problem with being safe and being comfortable is that you'll never, ever get out and realize what you're fully capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did Aristotle say one time? If you want to avoid criticism, do nothing, be nothing, say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> A lot we, of people have taken that advice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so people true. are not living the life that they really want because yeah. they want to stay safe. Well, I've but then said, I realized nothing good yeah. is easy, right? You know, it. well, I want to say it can be. And there's moments where you're going to have struggles. There's moments where you're going to have obstacles and you, it's again, how are you going to perceive that? It's all perception. How are you going to look at that? Are you going to look at that? Like, I'm not meant to do this. This is not for me. Or are you going to tell yourself I'm up for the challenge? Bring it on. Sure. And I mean, it can be simple, but there's a difference between simple and easy. So that's what I'm saying. Like nothing good is really easy per se. It can be a simple thing, but it, there's always, I don't know if I want to say a sacrifice, I guess in some ways there can be, but you know, like you said, if you, if you want to go after what you're meant to do, then you're not going to have necessarily safety. You might, you might have comfort and safety in the midst of that, but you might not. Exactly. When I read so many spiritual books, when I was on this whole spiritual journey of healing my body, um, what I read a lot in those books, I'm not here to put it down because I still consider myself a spiritual person. But the one thing I read was, you know, it's almost like the street will be paved with gold. Your journey will be easy when it's when it's really what you're meant to do. The universe will conspire and help and will will help you. And it makes it seem like it's going to be effortless. Yeah. So when you actually get out there and you really start to do. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't come easy. Yeah, no. You're right. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never experienced that. (laughs) Exactly. You may have like get thrown a bone here and there, 
But um, there's going to be challenges. And if you don't have challenges, mm, you're not growing. I think, you know, like how I translate, because you're right, how I even look at that, it goes back to the whole simple versus easy. Because like when you're focused on the thing you're quote meant to do, or even if it's a thing you're meant to do, it may not be the thing. I think people get too caught up in what's that one thing in my life that I'm meant to do and then they get paralyzed. It's not just one thing. I feel like everything does sort of simplify in the mind. Kind of like, ah. Mm -hmm. I actually see where I'm going. It's starting to make sense, but no, it's never easy ever. And and it's, that's okay though. It's a good thing. Like it may be a lot of work. You may come up against challenges, but you can overcome it versus like when you're doing stuff that you're, you know, not really meant to do or, you know, like, eh, whatever It, it seems like, well, okay, things are easy, but they're not simple. They're complicated. They're stressful. They're overwhelming. Yeah, and if you can tell yourself, no, it does make perfect sense. This is why I was in the beginning when I got onto my journey after I healed my body and I was like, this is what I want to do. I was clear. I remember my husband telling me, you know, it's because you you get caught up in thinking because you read all these books that, you know, when you finally find your purpose and your gifts and you're moving forward, the road will be paved with gold. It will be easy and effortless. I think you read too much of that. And the truth is, the real truth is, you're going to have a crap load of challenges and obstacles. But those are the blessings in disguise. That's mm-hmm. when you really grow. And it's worth and it. And to the person you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It is so good when you start swinging the bat and you are finding solutions. The one thing I do when I'm stuck in a problem and I feel like something's not moving for me and I see a big obstacle, and this has happened to me so many times, the moment I shift from the problem is here. I got it. What's the solution? I don't focus on the problem anymore. I start focusing on the solution. My energy shifts completely. It's mm-hmm. like a 180. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, in those moments, within the 24 hours, I always find a solution. Bam. See, that's it's that visualization that thing. It's not even so much. It's a decision. Well, that's it's true, an awareness. But, but you're visualizing an it and saying, I'm going to do this and, and I'm seeing the end and I'm going after. So yeah, you know, I like what you just said though, because you're visualizing the solution, but yes, you're also taking action. It's a decision too. Yeah. Well, people, people get so caught up in the problem. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fine. I okay. I got it. You got it. You're, you're feeling the funk. You're feeling the challenge. You're feeling the nasty vibes that come with that. Yeah. We all get that. And guess what? It's going to happen multiple times. Surprise. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's in that moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to take charge. I'm going to make a decision right now. I'm going to make a decision. What's the solution? Yeah. Because use your mind as a gift, not as a weapon. Focus on a solution. It's a powerful thing that you were given. It's a gift. I agree. Use it as a solution. Use it to, to focus on something that's going to get, get you ahead of life. And the moment that I do that, boom, bam, my energy shifts, my attitude shifts. I feel in control. I feel like I'm creating. I feel like I'm back on the horse. And that's when things start happening for me. Instantaneously. It doesn't have to take forever. Instantaneously. Yeah. It's magic. It's amazing. I'm going to say something here. And I'm curious to know if you agree with this. Because I was I was having a conversation the other day. And I was like, oh, man. I, <laughs> I may rock the boat here. But I, I feel like I need to say it. Because I'm with you it. on this. I love solutions. That's one of the primary purposes for doing the real Brian show is that, you know, everybody complains about something and they love to focus on the problems. Just like you said, they don't want the solution or, or they don't look for the solution and they don't want to take action on it. I was having this conversation with somebody and I said, there's a difference between venting and complaining because when you're venting, you're like, okay, I got to get this out. 
And for me, when I vent, it's I have to vocalize it so that I can process it so that I can find the solution. But I'll hear this all the time. I wanted you to listen. I didn't want you to give me a solution. And and I think and here's my problem with this. One, it's okay if that person wants to vent and I will listen and I won't say anything. But if they don't want a solution, then that means that their intention is to simply complain and do absolutely nothing about it. What do you think about that? <laughs> like I am I said, so with you. I know. I love you know what? If you're here doing this podcast show, we're, you're a disruptor. You're here to yeah. disrupt because it's only in disruption that you can actually shake people out of their place that's not serving them. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to appreciate the truth, the real Brian. This, yeah. this is what the show is about, about being real here. We're disruptors. So I like that you said that. Yeah, there's a crap load of people that just want to complain. And that's because they're stuck it's the attention. It's not, I mean, oh, this, yeah. this is their comfort zone. Totally. And they don't even know it sometimes. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not attractive. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, sometimes you need to vent. You need to just like vomit all that crap <laughs> yeah. and create the space, yeah, you know? that's true. Create that. It's good. I like to vent. I freaking love venting. Yeah, but it helps you um, process. It helps you process because yeah. it gets rid of all that crap in your body and in your mind. Um, either you vent or I meditate or I journal, whatever, something. I get it all out of my system. I create the space for new information, new and improved stuff, new solutions to come through. Yeah, it's healthy. I like it. But there's people who, it's true, they just want to complain. They want you to feel sorry for them. There's an underlying addiction or attachment mm-hmm. to that. And it's oh, a comfort zone. Yeah, And it's the same people usually over and over again. And it's usually the people who are just not moving as fast as they want to or forward in life mm-hmm. because they're stuck in that place. And a lot of them, like I said, don't even know it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a big difference. Well, and I think too, um, there's, there's something to be said about how people respond to, cause you know, I, I say, I like to help people find a solution, but I, you know, I think to take that even a step further, there's two ways I can handle that. I can be the know-it-all to tell them what to do, which is bad. Or I can say, I want to help you find the solution. I may know the answer. I may not, but I want to journey with you and help you find the solution because being a recipient, I understand how this feels. You know, you're going through a difficult time. You're venting and people immediately cut you off and say, well, here's what you need to do. And they list off all these things. Now that comes from an attitude of, I want to tell you what to do because I think I know better, which is crap. However, when people said, Hey, you know what? I hear you. I want to journey with you and I want to help you find the solution. And then they offer suggestions along the way. Now I received that very well, not the former aspect. And I think people just don't want to be told what to do. And I get that. And I agree with that. But at the same time, those who will not accept any sort of counsel or wisdom or suggestions or help or anything fools. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And I've been that too. So I I can say that, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think the best thing is you always, and this is from a, a former coach that I had. Yeah. He said, you always have to ask first. Yeah. Can I offer you advice? Just that simple one statement. Can I offer you some advice? Or That's I wouldn't, good. you know, can I offer you an invitation to some to something, to a solution? That's, what, that's all you have to say. Because it's true. Sometimes you want to vent and you don't need the solution because you can come up with a solution. Maybe you do want to vent. Just because you don't want a solution at that particular time does not mean that you don't want to move forward. So there is a little, there's a little trickiness to that. I think it's the way you deliver the information. First of all, people want to be invited to accept it. That's it. Yes. That's a good point. It, It just, just, if you can just say, Hey, can I, are you open to a suggestion? 
because, yeah, it makes you feel like you don't know crap and that person knows it all. It's yeah, it's just that that's feeling. True. It's a feeling of you taking their power from them and they don't like that. Nobody wants to feel less than, and it's the ego that we're tripping up the ego. And I know when I trip out people's egos and I could take accountability for that. I'm like, mm, I totally deserve that response yeah. because I just threw my two cents in there. Yeah, I took asking. their power away without mm-hmm. asking. Yeah, I've done that so many times too. So I, I, I like well, that though. I like that because ask. Because it's the realm. Yeah. It's the realm that you're in. You're here to, to, to provide help and yeah. advice for people. You've learned a lot. You've grown a lot. When you're on the outside, you can clearly see what's going on for someone else. When you're in the in the middle of all that crap, it's hard to see. Oh, when totally. you are in it. Totally. So when you're on the outside, it's like so transparent for you. Like, oh, dude, like I want, you know, this is, this is what's going on for you. Yeah. And just ask, yeah. ask, always ask first. Because maybe they, they are open to the solution, but just the way we deliver it. Remember how you were mm-hmm. saying your buddy is just, a, yeah, he came across as arrogant and cocky and yeah. da, 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 da. Nobody likes that. No, I, I remember I was giving my aunt advice. She would get so pissed off. The moment I started saying, hey, can I offer you a, a suggestion? Are you open to that? Like, boom. It softened her up mm. and it allowed her to be open and loving to receiving what I had to give. That's it. You have to ask. I love it. You know, and, and that's, it's so funny because I was going to ask you, you know, one to three things you've done to set yourself apart and succeed in your life. And also it's something that becomes, you know, a piece of advice. But I want to use what you just said right there as one of those things to advise ourselves, because that's something I'm going to take to heart as well Is you know, if somebody's in need, I'm going to ask them if I can journey with them basically. Because I, I, you know, I ask may or may not. Ask them if you can journey, but ask them if you also, can you offer a suggestion? Sure. If I have you? it. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. And I, and I love that asking and saying, listen, I hear you. I'd love to help. Can I offer advice? Can I journey with you? Whatever. But I love that as a, as something, you know, if we're in that position of, you know, being there to listen and, and help find the solution for that person. I love that. Now, what about, you know, cause you, I mean, you said a lot, but let's just say pick one thing that you did. Let's say even to start like the first or the most important thing that you did to change your entire mindset, you know, like for example, I've lived by the idea that, you know, as you think in your heart, you are pretty much. Yeah. And, and I, it's so true. So what, you know, what's the one thing that you've done to, to say that, you know, you've set yourself apart, you've succeeded and that you would even recommend somebody do if they're in the midst of this place where it's like, man, I just can't seem to get ahead in life and everything's bad and everything's a failure and blah, blah, blah. My most powerful thing that I go by my thing is Take accountability and responsibility for your life. No matter what's happening, I don't care if you lost your job. I don't care if you're going through a divorce. I don't care if you're sick. Whatever it is that's not working out for you, find your part in creating that. You got to be accountable and responsible. The moment that you can do that, you're no longer a victim. Mm, Love that. It, it will empower you. It will make you feel so powerful and so strong and get you back on the horse every single time. Yeah, I love that. You you are so right about that. I mean, even going back to some of the stuff you mentioned on like relationships, like find your part in what you did or what you created in that, um, whatever's going on currently or whatever it is that you want. Yeah, even that. now with my husband and I, who was, was an amazing person. I mean, he's just amazing. Yeah. This is not a Cinderella story, for God's sake. You know, we still have our arguments. We had one on Sunday. Yeah. 
about going to the car dealership and getting the car. You know, it's about taking accountability and responsibility for my part. It's never just one person's fault. And we always want to do that. The ego would rather die than be wrong. And that doesn't empower me. That doesn't make me feel better. So even now I have to ask myself, okay, well, what's the lesson here? What did I say to trigger his response? Because I sure didn't like his response. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't deserve it. But what did I do to possibly trigger that? Or how could I have done something different? Or how could I have said something different? Mm -hmm. Let me be open to seeing my part. Let me take accountability and responsibility. And that works for everything. Yeah, it really does. It's your attitude and your energy. You know, I, it could have been my attitude. It could have been the energy. It's not really what you say. It's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Remember, energy and attitude trumps everything. That's my nuggets. I love, it. <laughs> I love it. I'll wrap up with this. I was just watching a show called Brain Games. Just found it. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of it? No. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, it's a little 20 minute thing about understanding how your brain works. And it's it's very scientific. Uh, but, you know, they, they do it in a way that's, you know, like, let's play some games here and let's let's see how you do. You know, and I went, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, it's, it's really actually kind of an interesting show. But there was a talk on there basically on take two different candidates here and all you got to see was their picture. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they believe in or anything. Which do you think got elected into a, a, a position? And whether it was a job position or a political position, and they literally put two pictures side by side and everyone's like, oh, that person that are, you know, who would you elect that person, that person, every single person picked the one that actually got elected because of their facial expression. And it wasn't just the fact that they were smiling. It was that, how do they explain this? It was something like the way that their eyes looked and the way that their face looked, it was softer. It was more trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. And it was amazing. I already knew it before you went there. Oh, yeah. It was all about trust. And I thought, well, how do you portray trust? And of course, you can't really fake it. But it goes back to like you're saying, I I honestly believe that people who look mean or look hardened, if you were to basically go and, and look into their mind, you would find a hurting, bitter soul. And the mm-hmm. people that just look like they they're lighting the world up, they're lighting the room up and they're just so happy, you would find a joyful, peaceful soul. And it's like almost every time this is true. In fact, I have yeah. yet to find a situation where it's not. But after seeing that show, I was just like, oh my gosh, it starts within. We have got to change our attitudes. We've got to change our mindsets. You know, we have to really, truly believe it. And then it starts to work its way outward. And then it's like everything just sort of works out. It's really interesting how that kind of stuff happens. I appreciate you talking yeah. about this. This is awesome. I love it. I love these kind of conversations. <laughs> and we could totally have another conversation next time about trust and about Ooh. being vulnerable and transparent, especially with yeah. people who have a business. Yeah. I have to say, man, when you share your story from your heart, it's the golden nugget. It's the pot of gold. Yeah. It's what will bring you the person you're meant to serve many tenfold it's how you share your story and the truth which story everybody has the many stories but there is just one powerful story when you tell it with truth heart transparency vulnerability it's like magic Mm. yeah i love that that's another conversation yeah absolutely (laughs) all right well how do we find you or get in touch with you or anything like that you know if you'd like us to check something out it's um www.mayrodriguez.la not.com.la Uh, You can find me there and find my videos and my words of wisdom and how I work with people. I call it how I roll because that's me keeping it it real. Nice. (laughs) Nice. 
Cool. It's been so fun. Yeah, I thank had you. such a blast. Thanks, Brian. Mabel, it was great. And of course, I'll have that link in the show notes too. So uh, that way, you know, they can make sure that they spell your name correctly too. So <laughs> I know that's right. M-A-B-E-L, right? Yep, yep. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So thank All you, right. love. Man, incredible stuff right there. I love this idea that if you get your attitude right, you can succeed in whatever we want to succeed in. Uh, I'm even just saying, if you get your attitude right, you will succeed. Now, some things you may not succeed in because it's not the right thing to do, or maybe you don't have the right talents or gifts or strengths or whatever, and that's okay. But the reality is, is uh, man, attitude really helps. So like the movie Rudy, if you've ever seen that true story, that was an interesting story because it's that underdog story and it's uh, Sean Astin trying to get into Notre Dame football. And it's a weakness. He's not a good football player, but his attitude is, I will do this. I will play. And he has like eight seconds of glory or something, you know, something like that. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie or or even read the story. But, you know, on one hand, that is the power of attitude. That is the power of him overcoming something that they pretty much said, you're never going to play football. And he did. And it was an underdog story. It was amazing. The power of attitude. Now, on the other hand, I've heard something said about that story. Very interesting is that he focused on his weakness, not on his strength. And so the idea was, is that, man, the amount of power and time and effort and everything that he put into playing football to maximizing his weakness, if he would have put all of that effort and time and everything into his strengths, wow, look at what he could have accomplished because he had such a great attitude. He pushed, he went all the way. So like I said, there's two two perspectives to that story. But the point is, if you can get your attitude right, you can succeed. And, you know, I, I know I said some things in today's episode that were, you know, maybe a little uh, a little tough, right? Or, or a little challenging. I really believe this idea of, of complaining. Um, man, I've been there. I had a friend. He and I would get together and, and we'd just complain. When she said that it's almost like an addiction, it's so true. I actually physically wanted to get together with him just so that we could sit down and complain. It was almost like I did not feel good physically until I got together with him to sit down and complain. And then it's like, ah, I felt great, man. Yeah. It's like I satisfied that need to complain, to be negative, to beat other people down. Dude, so not cool. But Hey, again, I can say it. I was there. I did that. Not a good thing, though. I can tell you right now that it never made me go anywhere. Nobody wanted to be around me during that time. It was, it was terrible. It is really amazing that the people that are successful almost always have a really good attitude. And I'm not even talking about people that make a lot of money. I'm talking about the people that are content in life, the people who have good relationships, the people who are, yes, successful in their jobs or their business. Other things, it doesn't matter. It's not just about money. It's about anything in life. The people that are truly, quote, successful really do have a good attitude doesn't mean that they don't go through crap and have bad circumstances, but they really attack it with the right attitude. The people who I see who have bad attitudes, who are constantly negative or constantly down on themselves or bullying themselves, almost are always struggling in life. So, and again, I've I've been a part of both. When I've struggled, I usually go, oh, okay. Well, I didn't used to do this, but I'm starting to do it now. If I'm struggling, what's my attitude? What am I telling people? What am I saying? What am I believing? What am I thinking about? And then I realize that, when I'm doing well and I'm succeeding and things just, you know, kind of be, even if they're hard, things are going in the right direction. What's my attitude? What am I thinking about? What am I saying? What am I believing? Thank you for listening. Hope you got a lot out of that. I know some people will hear what we talked about today and go, man, that was powerful. 
Others will say, oh yeah, I know all that. And then others will say, I don't need that. I'll tell you right now, 100% of the time I've seen it to work. So there you go. Thanks for joining me. Of course, you know, anything goes. Superhero Friday is coming up in a couple days here. So, you know, join in in the insanity and in the fun. We always have a great time. And who's my guest this week? Uh, guess you'll just have to tune in to find out. All right. So I just seriously want you to go to realbryanshow.com to connect. I'd love to hear from you. You know that. Have a wonderful day. I am The Real Brian signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.